I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, everybody, welcome to the Barca Blagranas podcast. My name is Josh. Hope everyone is having a good week. We are joined by our SB Nation compadre, Robbie. Robbie, how are we doing today? Hey, I'm all good. I'm all good, Josh. Uh, thanks for having me on. Good. We wanted to have you on to chat about the vital, important match between Atletico Madrid and Barcelona this weekend. Uh, let's just kind of get off the... Well, okay, actually, I'm sorry. Is it this weekend or is it early next week? This weekend. It's this weekend. Someday, okay. Okay, I think you're right. The international break always just messes my calendar up. Um, yeah, and so, the yeah. Copa del Rey didn't help either. So. <laughs> yeah, so we're about three days out from the match. Atletico currently sit one point ahead of Barcelona in the league table, and they're four points off Betis in third place. Um, before we talk about basically the uh, what's happened to Atletico since the last time we chatted, let's talk about their transfer window. So for those of us that don't pay attention to Atletico that much, how did the transfer window go for your club? Atletico lost two players and signed two players. So basically, well, they didn't really lose one. Ivan uh, Sapanjic left and he hadn't played any kind of role. So uh, it was kind of one of those kind of weird Atletico signings that didn't really make any sense and never did. And uh, then you also had Kieran Trippier going to Newcastle, a massive loss. But it also kind of spurred Diego Simeone into action with by signing Daniel Vass and then um, uh, under as a as a right hand uh, as a right back slash utility man, and then a player called Reynaldo from Lille in in, in League One, and uh, he is a left back, and so he has completely reinvented or refreshed the flanks, which could have massive bearings on how it let it go do for the rest of the season. Um, so let's talk about Trippier for a second. Did he leave because Newcastle just gave him a bag of money? Uh, not necessarily. I think there was talking to someone that he wanted to go, and I think Atletico were aware of that. No offer came in, no offer, uh, no deal transpired, and they knew that he wanted to leave, and he was he was going to leave at the end of his contract anyway. So I think he 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 came and he saw and he conquered in in one sense he won la liga with, with atletico and, and uh, did really well for the club and i think simeone said that he has acted so well here that we he wanted to go home and it was a family decision and and uh, they granted that wish obviously they were willing to grant that wish given the fact that a decent what they felt like was a decent offer and uh, came true it suited all all parties in that sense, and uh, Trippier got his move home with, without, uh, I presume, uh, much of a change in his wage. Uh, Atletico got some money back for a player they were going to lose anyway, 
and uh, Newcastle got a player who they feel can help them avoid relegation. So, yeah, no, I think it was more of a kind of a sentimental move, which is nice to see. In, uh, and and but but it, but it suited all parties and it worked out okay. Wow, they're rarely uh, seen win-win for a transfer. Um, so would you say that Atletico Madrid did a good bit of business in the transfer window? And well, when I say it worked out for everyone, it worked out for Atletico from the stance that they were helping a player who helped them. It doesn't sure. help them on the. It doesn't help them on the field. What, when was his contract up? It was all up in the summer. So oh, okay. uh, and he and, and and I don't think he was going to renew. So they got a player for um, for. Uh, I, I I didn't see I saw a couple of figures kind of floating around but it was like something like 12 15 million euro yeah. for a player who yeah so um so uh ish ish and I just just want to double check to make sure I I'm, I'm almost certain that he it was up in the summer I think it was it was in 22 I think um, it was as well yeah 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 so uh, yeah it was 12 million uh he signed on a two and a half year deal Mm. Um, I, I'm I'm near I'm nearly certain it was open the summer anyway, and he wasn't going to renew. Um, so so anyway, yeah, the um, yeah, they they were going to get um, the sorry, no, I mean, any chance you can? I mean, Barcelona are in this situation with Dembele, right? Is like, whenever you can have the opportunity, like when you know a player is leaving. It's nice to sell him in the winter before he leaves for free, and so you can at least, at least get a little bit of the money back. So, Atletico Madrid went out of the Copa del Rey and the Supercopa back to back. Was that, I don't know, like tell me about those performances? I didn't watch either of those matches. Were these a, a series of unfortunate events? Did Simeone not put out his strongest side? Um, what happened? No, it's been it's been really poor in in general uh, throughout the for for the last number of months. And Atletico are suffering from a collective a collective uh, um, not misunderstanding, but a collective kind of confusion over what they're and who they're trying to be, which comes from the coach. But they're also suffering from, uh, and I don't know which one comes first, and we can debate that or we can talk about that. But it's impossible to kind of split them apart but they're also suffering from a severe lack of confidence and they're suffering from an individual in on an individual level drops in performances errors at the back and, and around the field and um yeah like once that kind of stuff starts to creep in in a team it, it just looks horrible and um, i mean you can you, you can have things in order and a good tactic and a good uh a good system in place and there's a drop in and there's individual errors and you can kind of see them and you can understand why they happened and, and this player isn't playing much. but with Atletico now it's a little bit of everything and it's it's kind of hard to parse which came first and how to solve it and I think that's what the, the problem that's facing um that's facing Diego Simeone at the moment in that uh, he is trying to evolve into into something else based on the the personnel he has and and the and the the level that he has brought them to, but they're not quite sure how that evolution should happen or and then and it's kind of taken a while to figure out what uh, what they need and um, and yeah how how to fix that problem of the evolution. Yeah, that's something we talked about a few months ago when we chatted the first time is. His, their transition from 
kind of the defensive stalwart that they're famously, you know, being known for to an offensively potent team. And it's, it's been a strange, it's like, I mean, you, you watch obviously more of them than I do, but like when I do watch them, you can like kind of see the conflicts taking place on the pitch and it's weird mm. for a team that used to be so confident in what they were. Yeah, we, we, we've been talking about this now for three or four years and, and, and even the players have mentioned, I remember Koke maybe maybe uh, four years ago now, five years ago after a preseason game and he said, oh, this is what we're trying to be now. And we were even talking back then that this is, the natural evolution that needs to happen and it never transpired and and I think that um and I, I've spoken about it on on the podcast with Jeremy and and, and uh, the Colchonera chat about this being Diego Simeone has spoken frequently about how he sees Atletico Madrid he sees them as being a physical uh counter-attacking team who are who like being the underdog and who um, who who fight to the to the death, okay? And that's how he sees Atletico. That's why he understands that version of Atletico, and that's who he is, and that's why he um, that's why he was such a good fit with this this um, with, with with Atletico Madrid as a club, and he then molded them into what he needed them to be, which was that. 13, 14, 12, 13, 13, 14 team. Excellent. Uh, and then now all of a sudden it's turning into something that's Simeon. It, 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 the performances feel inauthentic because I think it's inauthentic because Simeone is trying to A, be something he's not and B, turn the team, like go back on a message that he's been delivering to the team for the last decade in that they were risk-averse, counter-attacking, uh, solid defensively, and now they're being asked to be more expansive, take more risks, uh, and leaving the defence more exposed. And all of a sudden, there's this conflict. And you can see that on the field. You can see that with the players. And I think that um, I think that uh, the, the signing of Was and Reinaldo, now I haven't seen Reinaldo playing at all, but apparently... He is a, he's a pure left back, really kind of, actually the way they're talking about him, he, he sounds like he's someone a little bit like um, Felipe Luis, technically excellent uh, and kind of involved in, in associative play, but also really solid defensively. Whereas Renan Lodi at the moment doesn't provide either of those two things. So uh, yeah, I, I, it's just, I think that, and, and, and there's been talk now that that signals He's going back to a flat 4-4-2. No nonsense. Get back to Simeone-style football with a, more of a focus on breaking teams down in a, in a, in a, with, with possession. But it's going to be 4-4-2. Now, obviously, we don't know yet. We haven't seen what they're going to be like. Um, but that that that's, feels like... And the fact that they're playing Barcelona, it feels like a perfect opportunity to kind of play in that... Um, Start out the new, the new, not uh, not the new year, but the, after the transfer market, the first game after the transfer market, the first game after the international break, to kind of settle uh, settle into what they're going to be for the next three months. Yeah, and so <clears throat> you mentioned Koke a couple of years ago, saying like we need to evolve, or we are evolving, whatever the phrasing was. I I guess I'm curious. Do you think that is something from kind of the 
upper management that like, yeah, we were somewhat successful in the early 2010s, uh, not somewhat, but like very successful in the early 2010s, but we're not playing the style of football that, you know, Byron, Real Madrid, Barcelona back then that those teams played and like they wanted some sort of beautiful game, even though they were successful. Like, I guess I don't understand why the thought would even come into evolve when what they were was always at the top of Europe. Mm. Yeah, well, I guess I guess uh, uh, I think there's two parts to that. Firstly, there was too many nil all draws against teams that were set up well defensively and they were just pure stalemates, which didn't happen when Simeone came in because teams went at Atletico and 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 Atletico were able to play their counter-attacking game. Whereas once Atletico rose to the top, teams are happy with a nil-all draw against Atletico. So they were absolutely content, completely content with sitting there and holding on for a nil-all draw. And, and I think that Atletico then didn't have enough, they didn't know how to break teams down. And then secondly, when, when Simeone arrived, that, that was a team of nobodies uh, in the sense that they weren't superstars. A lot of them were younger, coke players. It's very impressionable. And then all of a sudden, Atletico started to rise in stature, bring in bigger players, bring in better players. And you can't confine them to that kind of a game as much. You can't sit there and tell Joe Felix, Joe, I, like, I promise you play like this for a couple of years and then you'll be no, no, no. Yo Felix wants the ball. He wants it now and he wants it always. And 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 you get like, okay, you get the exception, say, with Griezmann, who who wasn't a superstar when he arrived from Real Sociedad. He was excellent within La Liga, but he wasn't a, a world superstar. Um, and he wasn't um he he was he did he didn't cost it, it was expensive, but he didn't cost Joe Felix type of money. But you bring in players like Joe Felix and, and Luis Suarez and and uh, who, who are we talking about? Uh, like like um, I don't know, like di- different. Uh, yeah, Marcus Llorente who had played at Real Madrid and players of loads of quality. Even Coke as he grew in stature and had started to cement his place with Spain. He wants to. He no, he is he is a soldier, but but he, he they they want to play a more expansive style. Like they they feel like they're better than this, and you can only hold them back for so long before you start to rub up against the 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 the, the, the limits of what they're willing to do as a team and and how they feel. Like Joe Felix arrived for 126 million as as football's golden boy, and he wants he's not gonna sit. And defend like Thomas Lamar came from Monaco as the club's highest, uh, biggest signing. He wants to play more expansive style, and I think that's where the kind of that's why that evolution needed to happen. And I think upper management within the club realized that, and I think Simeone knew that too. Is that I have better players now, I have to test them as to what they're capable of doing while also maintaining that defensive stability. And this is why he hasn't, this is something he hasn't been able to, to do in, in, in the last couple of years. So do you think, I don't know, Atletico Madrid, they're, they're at a different point than Barcelona. They're clearly more talented, I think at this point, Um, but they're still struggling through some sense of an identity crisis, I guess, like for the rest of the year, and top four, right? Because both our sides really need top four money. Um, 
Mm. what has to change for them to basically maybe not find the the beautiful football they want to play, but to hold on to that top four spot? What has to happen for your club? Well, I mean, like you say that they're more talented, but in, in, and, and that's, that's fine and that, but I, I'm not entirely sure that that's the case because like, I guess, I guess you mean talent as in, you know, Felix and Thomas Lamar maybe and, and that, but like, Defensively, Atletico are very weak. They're coming in with a new right back and a new left back. Um, players like Koke, the heartbeat of this team, and it's sad for me to say this, but he's been atrocious. Uh, and, and I understand that his name carries a lot of weight and, and what he what he was or what he was expected to be. And and you know, that that kind of the connotations of a, of a Spanish ball ball playing midfielder. That's fine. But that's not who he is. Uh, like that's not who he has been this season. So when you say talented, like uh, okay, the ceiling probably might be higher with some of the players, but A, they haven't shown that. So the names and names mean nothing. And B, uh, as a collective, that it doesn't work. And Simeone hasn't found that 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 uh, that the, the right blend as to what he's looking for without completely exposing Felipe, who's been atrocious, and um, Jimenez, who's injured or as is and is erratic. Mario Hermoso, incredibly erratic uh, and can be decent at times, but just has these um, has these lapses of concentration and is liable to do anything. Uh, Renan Lodi is poor, has been poor. Um, you know, so, so I mean, you're talking about their uh, about the talent. I'm not entirely sure if I agree with that, but uh, especially after the, the, the moves Barcelona made in the transfer market. But uh, to answer your question, I think what they have to do is back to my point, find a way to blend this talent and make them a coherent 11, even if that means uh, not playing the best the, the best 11, but finding the, the, the best 11 players that work together um, to steal a Johan Cruyff uh, isn't there, it's not about the best 11, it's about the or what is it, it's not about the 11 best players it's about the best 11 or something, that's that's basically essentially what uh, what Simeone needs to do and he needs to find that and he needs to find it fairly fast I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg, this is The Deal each week, you're here in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports, media and entertainment that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. One more question, and then we'll actually talk about the match that our two teams are going to play. Uh, could there have been a better side for your team to play in the Champions League than Manchester United? Oh, I don't really, um, I don't really know how, what. Like, I mean, I, I, it's kind of funny because you can't. Social media is so uh, is so sensationalist that you, and, and I understand that the, the reason why it's so 
sensationalist is because Manchester United have actually been poor. But I'd have to actually sit down and watch Manchester United before I would be willing to give give any kind of an insight into what. Because like you said there earlier, the talent within that squad, if Ralph Ragnick does figure out a way to kind of get them working together, they could they could be they could be quite quite a quite a force. But but the uh that statement about Manchester United has been true for like the last five years though. And I guess that's why I say that I think it's a good side for your team to play because I think even though Atletico are still trying to figure out identity, they're still like and you would probably disagree with this, but like I still feel like they're somewhat disciplined. They are they are the most disciplined, confused team I've ever seen. Like they still kind of have semblance of like knowing what they're doing a little bit. And Manchester United don't most of the time. Like they can turn it yeah. on and they can have those crazy moments where Ronaldo does do something stupid and they end up, you know, pulling goals out of their butt. And like they've done that before. So that could still happen. But they um they're in more disarray than y'all, I would say. Yeah, and I and I think that they, I think that the, I think Atletico can be disciplined. They show, they've shown us that they can. They won La Liga last year, and I and I have spoken about how I I they kind of won that by by default almost, but they still did win it. They found a way to win it, and and I think I think if you're giving me if you're if I have to if I'm pushed up against the wall and told I have to pick between Ralph Ragnick, Diego Simeone. I'm picking Diego Simeone ten times out of ten, and I think that I think that if he can figure out what he wants, yeah, I'd be back in Simeone to 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 get to to to, to, to and and I, and I I I don't like I mean it, it has really been poor this season. So when we say like when we say uh, they, they they can be disciplined this season, they haven't really shown us much at all. Like it's really been that bad. But having said that, yeah, if I if I if I uh, like Diego Simeone has shown us enough times now how uh, how good he is as a coach, and yeah, like I just think my perception of him has changed recently because I was actually quite critical of him, and I wasn't entirely sure that if he had become a little bit of a caricature of himself and 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 and, and this kind of shouting and jumping up and down and kind of cheerleading from the sideline and running down the tunnel at the end of the game. And I was kind of looking going, yeah, to me now that looks a little bit performative. But um but but I, I listened to him. He's he's kind of all over the media a little bit in in um in the he a new documentary came on Amazon Prime about him and, and uh, he was on one of the talk shows here recently and on Monday night and he was talking and, and I just fell in love with him all over again because he's just so, he's actually way more charismatic than I, because you see him in press conferences and he's really kind of cold and he's quite, uh, he's quite, he's quite respectful to, to anyone that asks him a question, but he's also quite kind of a little bit detached from it. It's almost like he, he does he really feel anything? He's just kind of, he doesn't get worked up with anything. But I heard him on the program the other day and I was just, uh, he's really, he's just saying like about the jumping up and down. He's like, that's who I am. He said, I, I he, he said, I sometimes try to kind of slow down and, and, and say, oh, I, I can't be jumping up and down now. Like I better wait for the second half maybe. But he said, he just can't not do it. Like, and I was just like, look, it, that's authentic. I mean, and that's, uh, yeah, I think, I think he probably still has, does have the year of the Atletico Madrid players. And I just say, uh, yeah, if, if I'm if I'm being asked to pick a manager, I'll, I'll be backing him over most um, uh, when it when it comes down to the crunch. 
So Barcelona actually had, considering they had literally no money, uh, a somewhat successful transfer window, I would say. They got a few short-term players to help them in the attack, hopefully, um, and to help them in an attack that I think would be good if everyone is healthy, but we can't keep everyone healthy, so we needed to get help. Um, still don't have a second left back, but uh, I think given the constraints that we had as a club, it was a it was a pretty good transfer window. Um, heading into our matchup this weekend, I don't, I don't know if, I mean, Aubameyang and Chara might play. I'm not really sure. Uh, what is your impression of this current? Cause the last time we talked, I, I went back and looked, it was like, it was Ronald Koeman's like last stand pretty much. Um, mm. what is your perception of Xavi's Barcelona as we head into the matchup this weekend? I think Ronald Koeman had a few last stands. I think, if I remember correctly, but uh, but yeah, he um, uh, to be honest with you, and and this is a completely unsatisfactory answer, but I, I'm not sure. I, I don't know what because the way that Javi spoke uh, before he got the job, and he was talking about this idealistic version of what he saw Barcelona, and I was like, wow, once he gets it now, this is going to, and 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 I, I guess that's kind of part, uh, partly. My expecting, my expectation, but I thought they were going to turn back into this kind of free from uh, uh, football side. But instead, Luke de Jong became their most important striker. They, 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 they're they're crossing the ball a lot more, and I think I I don't know because it's hard to tell with Pedri only coming back, and. I think Frankie De Jong was seriously, man, I won't say seriously. I think I think there was something going on with him recently. With I think maybe the fact that the club didn't back him or something, and and like there was rumors circulating and leaking out that he might be on the on the on the trade block, as you guys call it in America. But like, I I think he was a little bit annoyed with that. But if you can get him, if you can get him back playing to the way he was a couple of years ago and I think we spoke about how good he was on the podcast before but uh, yeah if you can get him back if you can get Pedri back and then uh, and then maybe find uh, I, I don't know how they're going to fit Aubameyang I, I don't know what the plan why would you buy him if you're if you're talking about playing in uh, kind of tight spaces and, and the, the Luis Suarez-esque I, I don't really get that uh, but I guess Zavi has a plan. Um, Adama uh, Traore. I'm not entirely sure, but I don't know what. I, I I don't know. Listen, don't ask questions. We just need guys that, in theory, can score goals. Like in your head, in FIFA, they can score goals, and that's all we need. Whether it'll work out or not, I don't. Yeah, know, Aubameyang but... was an incredible signing about eight years ago, but uh, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, so. <laughs> You don't your 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 policy is just don't ask any questions. Just go with it and see what happens. But uh, yeah, just go with yeah, it. Man, you know? I think that's Barcelona's the club's philosophy too. Yeah, no, and 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 like you said, I think any manager that comes in wants improvements. He, he and and I think that it's his job to push for those improvements. Like we see Bordalas at Valencia, like and then I was kind of like. Oh man, like will you relax a little bit? But it's his job to push and say, I need improvements. And because you're required, you're asking me to do something, I'm gonna ask something back from you. Like, and I think Zavi was like pushing for signings, they were incredibly restricted, and they went out and got players who they thought could make a difference. Now, the Adama Traore, in theory, 
game changer kind of a change of pace literally uh but it was it, it's kind of like that idea we had that same idea with spain in the euros when luis enrique added them and he was going to be the change of pace guy but then they just never used them and i think it might end up being a little bit similar to that but look i i don't i, don't, I really don't know and and i think barcelona in ways going back to what i said at the start of the podcast they're suffering from a collective kind of uncertainty about themselves which then leads to lack of confidence, which then leads to, and then you don't really know what's causing what, and it just turns into a big mess. Like Ter Stegen, for example, like, I mean, I don't know what's happened to him, but that's a, probably a confidence issue, not really being certain of the people in front of him, and then them being, not being certain of the people in the middle, and then them, and it all just kind of, it's all it's, it's multifactorial, and I think that it's hard then to parse what exactly is, is, is going wrong here, which Xavi needs to fix. But uh, yeah, my answer to the question about what what I to make of them, I, I really don't know. I'm gonna have to sit down and properly watch them and figure out now that he's got a couple of signings and a, and, a, and an international break um, under his belt to kind of explain it to his team what's but what he wants. Uh, maybe maybe it uh, it'll it'll start looking a little bit different in the coming weeks. No, and that's honestly like your answer is probably the correct one because. I think until a manager has like a full off season and it's not so much, you could say it's about personnel, even though like this off season, there's probably not going to be a ton of personnel turnover uh, because we're broke. But um, I think just like having a full training camp and really getting to know your players and all of that, I don't think we'll actually have a real idea of Chavi's Barcelona until mm. next year. And I think right now it, it's all about riding the ship and trying to get top four. He might be playing in a way that, he doesn't want to play, but he has to because he just has to squeak out results to get to a top four spot. And like that's just that's just how the next few months th- that's the only thing that it's about. Exactly. And especially such an associative game as as Zabi wants to play. Like explaining the defensive principles hard to they, they they're difficult because they're hard to do for 90 minutes when you're tired and your lapses. That's that's an entirely different thing. But you can explain those defensive principles quite quickly and quite um and, and get them in place. The, the problem is starting to get those automizations or, and 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 kind of uh, uh, that kind of associated play. Knowing Ferran Torres is going to be running off your right hand shoulder when you get the ball and turn to your left, and that needs to be bump, bump, bump. That's the kind of thing that's so hard to do. And when it works, beautiful. When it doesn't, it's a complete disaster, and it looks bad. It, it, uh, yeah, and and it just it it, it requires a certain level, and uh, it requires a certain level of understanding of what is being asked to do before you can even begin to start to implement it. And that's why Xavi needs time. And uh, yeah, so um, I think that, to be fair to him, and he has inherited a, a, hor- a horrible situation too, like a horrible kind of vibe, I guess, from after Messi leaving and just the whole, the whole, the whole uh, feeling around Barcelona at the moment just isn't a good one. And I think, uh, yeah, to take a while for him to, to figure out who, who, who he can, and then that's the other thing, who, who can do what he needs them to do, and he needs to trial them and see can Memphis to pay play do what I need him to do, and or, or however it happens to be like, and 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 then start to kind of mold the squad. And he'll need probably two or three transfer windows before that becomes starts to become really apparent. 
Yeah, and so the matchup this weekend is going to be, I mean, I'm going to frame it as such because it's just kind of a better narrative as this giant matchup for top four. But like, I think you and I both know whoever wins this game uh, is more than capable of having a couple horrible results in a row against teams they shouldn't lose to in La Liga and reopen the race back up for the team in fifth place. So while this match is important, uh, it doesn't... (laughs) Neither of these teams are sure-footed enough to like actually probably pounce on whatever lead they'll have to make it kind of a shut-door situation. Um, kind of wrapping up, what are you looking for from Atletico Madrid in this weekend's matchup? Uh, looking for um, a better, a better, a more clear idea of what they're trying to do. And and and, and based on what I've heard from this Reynaldo guy, it's it's really. Um, He's he's a real proper left back, and he's the kind of player who who um, who Atletico needed because they were a little bit unsure. Mario, see the problem was Mario Hermoso was coming across playing left back, but he's actually a centre back. And then Renan Lodi was kind of coming back as a left back, but he's probably more suited to left wing back. And it was just a complete mess on the wings as well with Trippier. Trippier is a big loss, but he had been missing for a long stretch of the season. So Simeon Versalco was playing there, and he's never really uh, had had Simeone's faith. So it'd be interesting to see what he does with Vass and and and, and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would like to see them a, a more clear, coherent defensive plan uh, and and better defending for ninety minutes, no lapses, and also maybe. I've been I've been wishing for this for the last couple of years now, but a, a full ninety minutes for Yao Felix, where he is the main man. But look, these are these are pipe dreams at this stage that aren't coming true. Oh, that's funny. Okay, uh, you know what? I'm not going to ask for predictions because I don't think either of us. I unless you really want to give one, I have no idea what's going to happen this weekend. I really, really don't want to give one because every time I say Atletico are going to win, they let you down, and then and then yeah, it's just um. And then I also just don't want to say that they're going to lose because they're just being negative. So, oh, look, I mean, it's a real quandary. I have no prediction to give either. Uh, I will say this, Robbie, tell us, um, the is it Into the Cauldron podcast? Into the Cauldron, yeah. Cauldron chat with Jeremy Beren, who's the main man. Um, yeah, so me and Jeremy do the Cauldron chat podcast every, after every game. And uh, yeah, you can get our, our ratings. We do some analysis. And I think Jeremy... We've been working in in uh, together on a on a project over uh, Luis Suarez replacement. Actually, and Jeremy has done a, a, a good a good a lot, a lot of writing on that. So you can check that out on the Intercalderon website and then the, the podcast after the game for um for some for some good solid insight. That's right. Um. So Robbie, as always, we appreciate you joining us, and uh, I hope you beat Manchester United in the Champions League, and we'll chat again soon. <laughs>